your employees are your most valuable asset. But as a leader, it's your responsibility to nurture their desire to grow and develop their skill sets. And if an employee believes that you have a vested interest in their future, they'll be more open with you, they'll work harder, they'll ask for challenges. You're listening to the Employee Safety Podcast from Alert Media, a podcast for professionals responsible for the safety and well-being of their employees. Each episode features an interview with a leader in employee safety to discuss how to protect your employees from a wide array of threats, from severe weather to a global pandemic. Let's get into the show. Hello, and welcome to the Employee Safety Podcast, where we discuss insights and ideas for how to protect your most valuable asset, your people. I'm your host, Peter Steinfeld, and I'm joined today by Donna Kelly. Donna is the head of facilities at Rakuten Americas. Hey, Donna, thanks so much for joining me. How are you today? I'm well, thank you. Happy to be here. Wonderful. Well, it's great to have you on the show. And our topic today is building a facilities team structure that can really help enhance overall employee safety. But before we begin, can you just tell our listeners a bit about your career and background? Sure. I was born and raised in Northern California and started my career in San Francisco with Bank of America having nothing to do with facilities and credit card and customer service. But having a customer service background is great with respect to facilities, learning how to work with people and treat your customers is kind of critical to the success of any facilities person. Then I moved on to work for a general contractor and developer in the Bay Area, which really piqued my interest in construction. And then I realized I was kind of good at it. And construction very easily leads to facilities management just for obvious reasons. And that's where I've been for the last 20 years, facilities management, real estate, working for Hewlett Packard in the Bay Area and Amazon in the Bay Area. And when I was working at Amazon, the Rakuten opportunity came along in early 2019, and I decided to jump on it. It was a smaller company, allowed me to create an organization that placed importance on the facilities team and elevated the visibility to leadership. And I was happy to be given that opportunity and, in a sense, a challenge at Rockton. So that's a little bit about me in the background. No, that's fantastic. It really helps set the context. And I bet most of our audience is familiar with your parent organization, Rakuten. But can you tell us more about Rakuten Americas and your role there specifically? Sure. You know, Rakuten, you know, I'll go a little bit about Rakuten. It was only created in 1997 in Japan, but it's their kind of largest known brand on the level of Amazon and Walmart in, in Japan. But here in North America, the presence only started in 2005 with an acquisition called LinkShare. And since then, Rakuten Americas has grown entirely through acquisitions, primarily in the affiliate and performance marketing realm, as well as eBooks and streaming media, and then also warehousing and logistics. But our largest and most well-known acquisition was eBay in 2014 for a billion dollars. And since then, it's been rebranded as Rakuten. And I think you've all have seen the commercials. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> it is. They're fun. They're fun. But today, Rakuten Americas is you know responsible for our five main business headquarters throughout North America, as well as you know, providing the launch pad for our overseas businesses looking to expand in the United States. And so as a result of growing through acquisition, my role was created because there had to be, you know, there was a need for a cohesive facilities group. As the company continues to grow. And how many sites do you guys actually have? Physical sites and then employees overall? Well, we have about 3,000 employees in the United States. 
and in the Americas, probably North America. But there are 11 sites in the U.S. that I manage from a facilities perspective and more that I assist with just real estate issues that come up. Obviously, with COVID, I'm assisting with almost every site as they need to. But there are several other Rakuten entities throughout North America, Europe, and Australia that I assist with with respect to real estate. Okay, fantastic. Well, great context there. Now jumping into it, what was the safety culture like at Rakuten Americas when you first joined the organization? Well, considering, as I stated, Rakuten Americas is a company that arose entirely through acquisition, it meant that all the sites in our portfolio, kind of with the exception of our headquarters site in San Mateo, brought their own distinctive company cultures and rules and processes and procedures when they became a part of Rakuten. So over the last two years, I have prioritized bringing all of our sites and people more closely together with respect to policies and procedures and employee experience. And so one of my goals when I started in mid-2019 was to create a consistent safety program so that each site has the same playbook in dealing with emergencies and other exceptional circumstances. And that's like the toughest thing to do when you bring two organizations together is merging that culture. Yeah, or creating one, you know, let's say it was a small office that maybe didn't have a culture like that or hadn't elevated safety and EHS and security. Yeah, well, why was it important for you to, to distinguish facilities from the other departments or teams? It sounds like that's a, a big thing that you think of when you think about improving safety culture in an organization. Right. And elevating facilities in general is really important to me. I mean, in the past, and in a lot of companies, facility structure is very simple. You have a director of facilities, and then everybody else reports to that person. When I started, I saw an opportunity to create an America-wide structure with respect to facilities, with respect to people's job levels and titles and job descriptions. And as I mentioned earlier, there were many acquisitions that created Rakuten Americas. So it was important to me to make the facilities team more visible to the employees and not just someone who's the office manager or who gets the lunch or who makes sure the coffee vendor comes in once a week. Right. I wanted the side FMs to take a more active role in implementing safety and the employee experience and ERP programs. Did you find that you needed support from the top down to make that a reality, to make it more effective? Or were you able to muscle your way up <laughs> and throughout the organization to make it happen? No, no. What I did is I created, I met with the COO and I said, here's my vision for facilities. Uh -huh. And I also started in my one-on-ones making sure she knew every single site manager's name. This person is, you know, Jessica and Jessica sits here and this is what she does and here are her strengths. Individual career development was something I created first. Within my first year, I wrote a whole one-page sheet on every employee and introduced that summary to my COO as a start so that she knew who was managing each site. That's fantastic. Did you have like a mandate when you came in to do that? Or did you do it by sheer force of personality or just- No, hey. I just did it on my own because we all know that a lot of people don't think of facilities pre-COVID mm -hmm. as really important other than whatever the office manager did. And there's a big difference between a facilities manager and I think maybe the old fashioned term of an office manager yeah. I changed all of the employees' titles to a name that had the word facilities in it. Not only is it better for their career going out for other companies, putting on their resume, if they started out as a facilities coordinator, they moved up to an assistant facilities manager and then a so they, they can see the progression. 
yeah. of where you're going to go. Okay, that makes sense. Well, you did mention your roles at larger organizations earlier in your career before deciding to move to a, a much smaller company compared to some of the ones you worked at before. So in your opinion, does a company have to be a certain size to start thinking about or implementing a safety program? No. And with everything being web-based now, it's even easier than ever to implement a safety program. And I would actually dare to say that at times it's easier to do it when the company is smaller because mm -hmm. there's so many programs and vendors and training companies who can scale as your company grows with you. I mean, whether that be in location growth or employee growth, I mean, that's one of the reasons why Alert Media is great. It's very scalable. I mean, we just upped our number because we hired more people and it's so easy to scale with companies like Alert Media because you just say, okay, there's more people, click, it's all done and it's over. So yeah. there's a lot of ways to do it, but I would say starting smaller and get your feet wet and learn and then you'll be able to grow and scale using the great vendors that are out there, like Alert Media. Yeah, I think you're right. 25, 30 years ago and before, if you were investing in, in solutions, you kind of had no choice. You had to go all in at the enterprise level and it was expensive. So it was prohibitive for small companies. Right Now, people with cloud technology and how things have gotten so competitive and less expensive, it's easy for the smaller company to take advantage of enterprise-grade tools for a fraction of the price. But to your point, you need to make sure that they can scale to support right. you if and when you grow. And that scaling is cost-effective. Right. You talked about this a little bit, but what was your process for elevating the visibility of your facilities team at Rakuten Americas? And how did that process end up enhancing employee safety? Well, you know, as, yeah, as I stated, I, I originally, and over the last year, have like changed everyone's titles yeah. so that there's a proper progression that you can match outside of Rakuten in the normal facilities realm of a career. But with that, we want to make sure that each employee feels empowered to manage the safety at their own site. I encourage them all to take the safety response plans that I put together and obviously incorporating alert media as a piece of that and customizing it to their own site. I mean, not every site has an elevator. Not every site, a lot of these sites are in multi-tenant buildings and it's not a standalone building. You have to customize your own ERP to your building because it's physical. And that's what I did with my employees. I empowered them to manage their own safety plan and to also insert themselves into the new hire orientation process to ensure that right after all new hires got trained, then my team member comes in at that particular site and says, okay, let's walk through the safety. Let's talk about where your evacuation plans are. Let's talk about ERP. Let's talk about how we can sign up for alert media and get your name on that list so that you can get notified of any alert that happens in your specific area. And also, they really are able to now, with respect to employee safety, I have let them be their own alert media manager for their site. Mm. So Jessica working in Tampa can manage her site because she knows more about the hurricane that's coming in than I do in California. Yep. So she can send out their own messages. So number one, it's empowerment and control over their own site. And yet, once again, making them feel like they are managing their site like a true facilities professional. 
Yeah, when you're dealing with facilities spread over a wide geography, it makes total sense because otherwise people are like, this makes no sense here. <laughs> We're walking around in shorts and flip-flops and we know what hurricanes are like, but we don't know what snow is like and vice versa for the people in the cold places. <laughs> well, it's the same thing. I mean, I mean, my, you know, my FM in Boston, she sends out snow alerts all the time. Right. You know, she hears that the schools are closed before I do. She sends it out and it works. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. Well, I mean, you've brought it up, but this is certainly near and dear to my heart. How does your facilities team incorporate communications into their roles? You've talked about it a little bit. And I guess just generally speaking, how important do you feel effective communication is in your overall safety program? Well, one of my big mantras, and anybody who knows me, is over-communicate, over-communicate, over-communicate. And I mean (laughs) that in a good way. Employees in general want to hear about their building. They want to hear about safety, they want to know that you are the go-to person of your site. You are knowledgeable. You know who to contact to fix the parking issues and the emergencies and who to call to change the light bulbs. But if you're becoming the go-to person, that site FM builds trust through effective communication. And building trust with your site employees is number one. It's very, very critical. And when we implemented alert media, you know, as I stated before, I empowered our employees to use alert media directly and they didn't have to get my approval to do so. And so that way, they once again, increased the level of trust. Number one, not with alert media. It's like, oh, Jessica's sending something through alert media. She's my FM. Mm. And so I will listen. This, it's not some yeah. other person that they don't know. <laughs> calling from Seattle saying, hey, there's a hurricane, you know. And so realistically, it makes things more personal between the employees and the local FM with respect to safety communications. We also work with Alert Media and other teams send out messages like IT does and the comms team and HR sends it out. But still, they look quicker and they respond when it's the local FM's name. Yeah. When you make it personal, people tend to pay attention. And I love how you integrate the facilities manager in the onboarding process. Uh, That's really a fantastic idea because then people become comfortable with that person. They know how to reach out. I've heard other organizations do this with their security team, like the security guards in the uniform. They'll walk down and meet people and greet them when they're onboarded and say, don't be afraid of us. We're not here to spy on you. We're here to keep you safe. It's good to do that early. Yes. And I, you know, it's one of those things where it also shows the new hire that safety is important. Right. Instead of, yeah, just go read this binder. That's not the way you do it. You need to walk people out and say, here's your emergency exit. Here's where you're supposed to go stand. Don't forget to download the app. (laughs) And you know what I mean? And so they, you know, here's the AED machine. Here's the first aid kit, just in case. Yeah. It just shows that the company places the value and the importance on safety. Yeah, which is super critical. Well, what are some of the other internal resources that your facilities team utilizes to help them succeed just in general and doing their jobs? Well, the closest, I mean, we work with a lot of them, but the number one is actually, we have a very strong and robust America's communications team. And they help properly word messages carefully, whether it's just us sending an email out or through the alert media system to ensure a short, concise, but complete message gets out to everyone. The ability to have the templates from Alert Media and then we modify them to fit to Rocketon. So the communications team is the number one team that we work with. Mm. Safety or not safety, we work with them number one, but also with compliance and legal and HR 
to ensure that our safety programs and any other employee experience program we're rolling out meets all requirements for training or notification. And, you know, in late 2019, I worked with our compliance team to create the required web-based annual training that was generic enough to have nationwide for all employees. And it's integrated now into the required classes. You know, you get those at your office. Hi, you have to take your IT security training now or your, you know, HR training now. Well, it's now the safety training that you're going to take. And we've integrated how we use alert media into that so that all the bases are covered for the audit requirements from compliance and legal. Yeah. Seems like it's really a team effort. Like everyone has to be bought in across the organization to make this work really well and make it part of the culture. It is. And also having leadership behind you saying, hey, you know, if you haven't taken that class, you need to go take that class. If it's important to the leaders, then everybody else will think it's important as well. Yeah, without a doubt. Well, we like to end by giving our audience a piece of advice or a practical tip that they can immediately implement to make an impact on their organization. So in your opinion, what can the audience do today to help improve their company's safety culture? Well, I've kind of given that in two aspects. You know, number one, as the mantra says of your employees are your most valuable asset, but as a leader, it's your responsibility to nurture their desire to grow and develop their skill sets. And if an employee believes that you have a vested interest in their future, they'll be more open with you. They'll work harder. They'll ask for challenges. You know, I guarantee you that with respect to safety, most facilities employees have never spent more time on safety than they have now. (laughs) Right. And, but that's the new norm. Now the new norm is safety first. Yeah. What's going on for the bagels that Friday is not at the top of the list. And so on that note, you know, it's kind of the perfect time to weave in the communication aspect of your safety plans with COVID and everybody returning back to the office, figuring out ways to communicate effectively that employees will respond to. And it's not just sending them an email using alert media where some employees prefer to read a text and just be done with it. Or how can we incorporate an easy-to-use communication system with respect to safety for other things as well? I mean, I'm encouraging IT to use Alert Media for IT announcements or Mm -hmm. HR because some people really don't read all the emails they get from every department, (laughs) but they will read a text. Right. Got to meet people where they are. (laughs) Exactly. That's exactly it. All right. Well, fantastic. That's great advice. Thank you for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. And if anyone listening has follow-up questions or just wants to connect with you, what's the best way for them to find you out there? Well, I'm on LinkedIn, Donna Kelly, and my email is donna.kelly at rakuten.com. Okay, wonderful. Well, thanks again for taking time to join us on the Employee Safety Podcast. And for the rest of you out there, remember, nothing ever goes 100% according to plan in an emergency. So communication is incredible incredibly important. If you can't communicate, you can't recover. Until next time. Alert Media is changing the way your leaders and response teams connect and communicate effectively when seconds matter. We provide our customers with a comprehensive solution for monitoring threats around the world and deploying fast, effective emergency communication. You need a panic-proof solution for high-stakes moments. In just a few clicks, your team can send a multi-channel notification to an impacted group of people and confirm their safety immediately. When employee safety is at stake, don't just communicate. Connect and confirm with a robust emergency communication solution. Visit alertmedia.com for more information. You've been listening to the Employee Safety Podcast. 
To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to give a quick rating of the show. Just tap the number of stars you think the podcast deserves. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.